Welcome to the Wedding Sassholes, your no BS wedding business podcast. We're here to real talk you through the common F-ups that we see companies making. From the practical strategies you can implement today. This month's topic is education. And in this episode, you will learn about the Wedding Merchants Business Academy, so known as the Wedding MBA. We are sitting down with Shannon Underwood, Vice President of the Wedding MBA. We're your hosts. I'm Shannon Tarrant. I'm Vanessa Negrom. And welcome to the shit show. Episode 37 of the Wedding Sassholes. Oh, I am so excited for today's episode. This is our interview episode on Education Month and a warm welcome to Shannon. Shannon, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I was honestly such a super fan of Wedding MBA long before I got a chance to connect with you and the family and all the army of amazing people behind Wedding MBA as an attendee. And, you know, now I'm super privileged and love being able to be an educator and share and learn at the conference. But it just, I've always been such a big fan of the things I've been able to learn and how I've been able to grow. Well, I'm I'm so happy, and I do remember when I first met you. Um, I think Patty might have met you first. You came yeah. up, and you did sort of say you were a super fan, and you were so excited, and we were impressed by you. And you've done a great job speaking for us. So, so glad you're part of our speaker team too. Love it. We are going to be switching up the format from our normal episodes and what you would expect from an interview. Shannon has some great nuggets to share with us, and we want to get all of the tips and tricks out of her in this limited time that we have. So let's just jump right into it. So Shannon, how did Wedding MBA get started? Give us the background of this conference. We started Wedding MBA in Phoenix, Arizona. We used to run a bridal show. At the time, it was America's largest bridal show before we decided sell that some years back. And at the time, we actually needed to bring in more outside people, basically. So when you do a local show, you don't have what what they call beds and heads. You know, you're not really bringing in outsider money, um, which really fuels the local economy. And so they said, well, I don't know that we can really guarantee your date for your bridal show. And we said, well, what do we have to do to guarantee those rates? And so that's when Wedding MBA started. So we did our first Wedding MBA, and it was in Phoenix. We had, I don't know, maybe 300 attendees. Um, Didn't really have exhibits at that first part, but we fell in love with this business that we had started um, quickly. You know, I would say like halfway through the conference at that time, it was Patty, Will, and myself. It's before Chris had come on board. And we just said, I think we've got something here. And the attendees were so gracious. And it was before a whole lot of this education existed because it was going back, you know, many years. And so we were in love with the business. We didn't really know that we would fall in love with. And then we continued to do Wedding MBA for a few years in Phoenix. And then we grew to the point that we really needed to get bigger and expand to, um, I'd say, a better destination, which is definitely Vegas. So that's where we are and that's where we're going to stay. Like it. I I think it's so interesting that like you started in the bridal show world and it's kind of similar to what I did. And, you know, you get your hands so much into the wedding side and you learn so much on the wedding side of the industry and then realize that there was this hole, right? There wasn't a whole ton of 
right now we're really spoiled. There's a lot of education coming at you in a, a million different ways, but the in-person piece was just missing. And so it's cool to see that you guys found that niche and filled it. Absolutely. When Miss Shannon, when you are planning the the wedding MBA and you're thinking of your ideal attendees and what they're looking for, how do you? What is your ideal attendee for the wedding MBA? Just someone that's ready to learn. I think that we know who we don't want. We don't want people to think they have it all figured out because even just in your regular day to day life, how much time do you like to spend with someone that says, "Oh, it's okay. You don't have to explain." <laughs> Like, I know how to do that. I know all the tips. I know all the ideas. So every once in a while in the wedding industry, you will run across someone like that. And those aren't our favorites, but they tend not to reinvest in themselves, quite honestly, because they do think they have it all figured out. I mean, Wedding MBA is set up for anyone that is looking to take their business to the next level. They're curious. Um, They take good notes. They're ready to meet new people. And that's really who we're looking for. Just someone that is looking for, hey, what's going to be next in the next year? Or what tech is up and coming? Or what's a more efficient way to do sales? Or, you know, what am I going to do with this problem? So instead of just sort of giving up or saying that they have it all figured out, they're saying, you know what? Maybe there's more, you know, maybe there's some more people I can connect with. Maybe there's more seminars that will help me to make more money and save myself some time. That's awesome. I mean, I think it's great that it's built for every level and it's not overly niche because sometimes when we look at the education um, and some of the stuff that's built category by category and it's, you know, photographer conferences are out there and it's very much like, you know, posing and lighting and things like that. I think Wedding MBA does such a great job of being really kind of like the business behind a wedding business. And so it's really not about, I love the tracks, but I think it's not, you don't have to worry about if there isn't a track for your category. Like there's so much education there and available. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, I was going to say, I, as an attendee, I like that there are the tracks, but there's also the general classes and they're not so niche. They're more of the business, just the business side of things. Sure. Yeah, I mean, our, our attendees really love both that we do find that they like to be able to go in a room and sit next to someone, say they're a venue or a planner or a florist or whatever category it is that they fit into. They like to be able to say, Hey, you know, where have you run into this issue? Where is your venue or whatever it might be? So they like that camaraderie, I think, that comes with breaking out into specialties. But they do understand that if the class is, say, on taking better photos or Instagram and say they're a wedding planner, well, the best fit for that particular class, maybe on photos or social media, might be a photographer, you know? And so I think that opens up a world to us. Um, just because of volume of attendees and the varied experience level of the speakers that, yes, we just look for who is the best for that job, you know, who is the best person to talk about, you know, whatever that particular category is. And it might not be, like you guys mentioned, someone in your particular specialty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do you decide on education topic speakers each year? I mean, it's such a freaking undertaking. I can only imagine with the amount of sessions and times and specialties, like how do you guys decide what are we learning about this year and from who? We, right, right. So we rely a lot on survey data. 
So, I mean, you, you do have to be cued into what's going on in the industry. What are business owners um, thinking and talking about? Because sometimes you can survey someone on something, but if you don't know what to survey them on, they might not even know that this class might exist or they might yeah. be interested. So, <laughs> so we do try to stay flexible, um, especially in the world of tech and that side of things, because, you know, I, I would say just between last conference and this, for example, AI has kind of blown up. So, yep. you know, we stayed flexible and said, oh, okay, this maybe is a little bit more important or maybe TikTok that wasn't as important a year ago is more important to the wedding pros now. So I think staying, um, you know, flexible on topic, I think just asking, you know, we're really good at, at being observant and asking the attendees what they're looking for. Um, and then using data from the past conference. So um, sometimes, you know, maybe we niche down too much for topics. So then next year we kind of revamp to be more inclusive of more topic. But more often than not, um, I would say what a lot of conferences do that attendees don't like is they don't necessarily within each time slot teach them something concrete. And that's really what we're devoted to do, that I want someone to be able to leave a class on sales, not with the idea that, oh, sales are important, but I want you to have the tips and tricks and tools and even verbiage and just get so uber focused on um, those specifics that they feel like they've left with an exact recipe of how to recreate um, that kind of sales situation, you know, back in their hometown and really the same with any of our categories that we do like to be more about the how to and less about the why, because usually if they're sitting in that seat, they agree with the why. And yeah. I think a lot of speakers go off on these tangents of kind of, you know, drilling down why are sales important? Why is um, this social media important? Whatever the topic is, but then they're not leaving enough time left over or Maybe the speaker just talks about themselves too much, and then it leaves the audience really frustrated. And so for us, um, our speakers do go through extensive training, and I'm hard on them. I mean, agreed. Um, True I will... story, guys. True story. <laughs> year one, it's intensive. Year one, it's, it's intensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Experience. Yeah. Speaking from experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's from a place a place of love. But yeah, yes, but, but it, I... <laughs> like as a speaker on the other side, though, it honestly it was. Great great to know what the expectations were of the conference of me as a speaker and to be able to make sure that I'm, you know, what you're marketing and what you're saying is for the attendees to be able to experience to make sure that I'm meeting that need and meeting it. And so I actually love the fact I've of every conference I have ever spoke at, whether it was the first time or whatever, I have never, no one else has ever done that before. And so I still like, I still have my notes and I'm like, I go back to it. I'm like, <laughs> make sure that. we we meet those. But, um, but I think that that is really one, just one of the very few things that sets you guys apart. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, agree. I do believe, I believe in general, people rise to the expectations that you give to them. And when I tell someone for a 45 minute seminar that it should take them a minimum of 45 hours to put together, they do come at it with a different mindset than if you're like, hey, can you all just cover this topic? And they, they've yeah. never seen the speaker on video before or anything. I mean, way back in the beginning, we did make the mistake of picking speakers 
without video submitted, you know, so it was just topic. And boy, that was a really bad choice. So um, for the last at least 10 years, you know, we never take a speaker on the stage that doesn't have a video sample of themselves speaking. Um, Because, you know, everyone works a little bit differently. And I, I think, too, sometimes you get the other end of it where you have a really good speaker that's not a good writer. And that doesn't make for a great combination either. You know, then they're, they're all sort of hot air and fluff and, and sizzle and, and no steak. And so I think really we look for really intelligent speakers too. I mean, my speakers, we have more um, higher level degrees than any other conference in the wedding industry. So we have, you know, lawyers and, and doctors and MBAs and it's, it's really not unusual anymore. If you go back and look at, you know, education level, it's really pretty impressive, you know, where, where our speakers are coming from education wise too, which is great. I would agree. Last year was my first year and I'm really excited to bring up this year. Oh, I, have to I, dra- <laughs> I drag them all with me, Janet, if I can, I you drag do. them all. I know. Oh my, I know. You're a great wedding MBA cheerleader. You're, oh bringing, you're bringing the whole well, state with you, I think. And, and to be honest, when I first started in the industry, I had heard about wedding MBA and I was like, oh, that's like one of my goals is to be able to attend because it's in Florida. That's one of our busy. That's one of our busiest seasons is the week that you have it. And so yeah, when I first yeah. started, I was like, OK, well, that's like a, a milestone. I'm going to reach busyness <laughs> of like I can have other people run the business while I'm gone for that week. So it was yeah. like a milestone for me. So when I got to attend, I was like, yeah. here, we reached the goal. <laughs> Yes. Good. Well, congratulations. It's the little victories we need to celebrate. It's a little victory. Yeah, it's great. So um, that leads me right into my next question is what is the biggest difference that you see between the wedding MBA and then other industry conferences? I think it's really ownership and heart, I think, for us. So to me, nothing is too small. I mean, there's there's four of us where one of the few family run, I would say big conferences. There's probably a lot of small ones that are yeah. um, run mm-hmm. by one or two people, but, but in terms of big, you know, I think sometimes when you get, you get big or when it's maybe sold to another company where they do this one thing, maybe in the wedding industry, but then they do 12 other things or more throughout the course of the year. It's hard to get passionate about it. And there's no individual ownership either. You know, everything's always someone else's responsibility. And so for us, I think really it comes from a point of just true dedication, um, perfection. I mean, for us, we're very hard workers. We're very driven. And we really care about our attendees. We care about our speakers. We care about our exhibitors. So it is an everyday business for us. So even though it's just once a year, we work the entire year, um, every single week on wedding MBA. So for us, a lot of our time is also spent on bringing great exhibitors onto the exhibit floor. So that's a lot of my day-to-day, which I love. Um, we've added two new rows um, on our exhibit floor, which just gives attendees more reason to come because there's more wholesalers, um, there's more resources, there's more people to meet on the exhibit floor too. And, and that that part's really exciting. I think that that's definitely, sorry, Vanessa, I think that that's (laughs) definitely one of the biggest differentiators is that most of the conferences are education heavy, but they don't do the exhibit floor at all. Hmm. My question was, she said she added two rows. So how, like how many more exhibitors is that? Because I don't know how many are in a row. It's 
it's a lot. How many more exhibitors do we have? I'm going to ask Patty here in the background. <laughs> She's going to see it. We'll move on to the next question, and I yeah. will yeah, have yeah. an answer for you. <laughs> so what, when you talk about, answer. yeah, when we talk about, like, the, you know, I know it's called, like, the WedCon and the exhibit yeah. side, what should people mm-hmm. expect? If they're like, oh, I've never been to something like this before, because in our industry, not most of the conferences and education don't have that. So what's the kinds yeah. of things that people can find there? Sure. There's a lot of variety. So I will say I'm going to miss some categories and, and yeah, that's things, fine. but um, there's what I would consider to be more like physical products. So some of the visually really fun booths that might be things like backdrops or table linens or fluorescent, you know, custom signs or chairs, those kinds of things. Um, and then you're also going to have you know, other physical products that might be wholesale, like you might own a photo booth or you might want to own your own ice cream cart, you know, you have at your venue um, or just resources. So wholesale flowers. um, So you can kind of do price comparison, things like that. And then there's the tools, the tools that are focused a little bit more, I would say on the business side of helping you to grow your business or just be more efficient in your business. But, you know, sometimes we get big as a company, um, as these small business owners are, and they, it's just hard, you know, you lose track of details. And so you might want a good CRM or maybe need a lawyer or social media, um, consultant or some uh, service that can help you do timelines or, I mean, the list is extensive and there is a full list. If you go to weddingmba.com and you actually click on exhibitors and sponsors. So if, any of your listeners want to kind of just get a sneak preview of what to look at. And there's going to be actually over 60 more booths. And then we've got 15 more to sell. So we'll have about 75 more booths than we had just last year, which is a really fast, you know, growth position to be in from one year to just in the course of just one year. So it's looking good. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's why (laughs) I asked when she said two rows, I was like, how what many does it look that? like? Yeah, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Seventy-five total. So we're almost oh there. Molly. We're not quite there yet. So, and I would well, say I guess- that in the, in the past, I've been so good at like pre-planning education. Like even as a yeah. speaker, I like to go see others. And I think with the growth of the WebCon, I one of the other things is like being able to do that pre-plan and look through to see. Sure which I've never done in the past, truly. I think I've been for 15 years and I've never gone through and look at, pre-look at those. But, you know, with all the things and you've got a few hours each day dedicated specifically just to those um, booth areas. And so, but I think I'm going to like pre-plan and scope out some in advance and kind of go with a, go with an, an action plan. I think that's great. And our, our map is ever changing as we sell booths or as people upgrade, but we will have some copies um, actually up when you check in. So you guys can ask for a copy of your map and <laughs> try to kind of plan out that way too, which can be helpful. Hmm. I I appreciated that there was like professional services, not just wholesale. I appreciate the wholesalers, sure. but that there was like the professional yeah. services that you always think like, where do I find people that know my, my industry? And it's perfect because it's everybody there is for the industry. That's the other thing is as a vendor, most of the shows that we go to, we are the booths. So we are selling Mm -hmm. to clients Mm -hmm. instead of being the client that someone else is selling to. Right. There's not 
you don't have that anywhere else, not for the wedding industry anyways. So I think it's great. Right. Um, <laughs> so I guess that leads into the next question as it, now that there's 75 more booths, is there anything <laughs> new or different that we should expect from Wedding MBA 2023? Yeah, I mean, for us, I think just variety of topics that we've seen a lot change over and, you know, everything online that that world is changing. So there's some topics that for sure are sort of evergreen, but our approach to them is going to be different. You know, how you sell today is probably even different than a speaker that might have been on the stage five years ago, for example. So I think just adjustments to like what's going on right now, um, technology ever changing. And then yes, I think that the exhibits are going to be a big thing. Um, We are also still, actually, this is our second year to do the DJ Takeover event, which is open to everyone. It's an evening event that's going to be taking place on November 7th at the Hard Rock on the Strip. And it's um, included or free to attend and then people can purchase food and, and beverage or they can just come there and dance because that's just a big focus of it is meeting people and networking and that went great last year so we're doing it again this year well that's definitely my biggest wrap-up question that with all of the education flying at us wedding pros every yeah. which way possible online education, online summits, the courses, the podcasts, us included. Um, You know, (laughs) why do you think in-person conferences are so important? I think nothing will ever compare, quite honestly. So I think being there in person is just as much about the connections that you make as it is the education you receive. So People feel very close and personal relationships, even with the speakers. You know, I see Shannon, the hugs that you get or Terika or any of our other speakers, like they honestly feel like it's almost like meeting a celebrity because they listen to the podcast, they follow their website and social media, and then being able to see them in person is almost like a magical moment for them. Um, And then just those small connections that you make with other people that do what you do, but are not your competitors. So, you know, if if I'm in a classroom sitting next to a venue owner and they're dealing with an issue of, you know, whatever it is, then I might have a solution to them. And, And so that's a big thing we see on the survey too, is just that there's really personal connections that are made, whether it's at the kickoff party or whether it's made by sitting next to someone. I do believe in the idea of like what you put out there is also what you get back. So I I think going in there with a really open mind of like, I want to meet new people um, and trying to help others. You know, if you go out there with the idea that, hey, I'm going to try to help others. It's just amazing how much it comes back to you. Oh, um, yeah, I can help you on that question that you had. And then they all of a sudden are like, oh, well, I can I have a solution to that problem that, that you have, um, you know, in that part of the country. And so I, I think it's just a really neat meetup that people look forward to the whole year. I mean, even for me, I will watch um, our speakers present and there will be a line, like one line that someone says that will be in my head, like for the whole year, you know, it might be a sales talk and right. And it just sticks with me. And I'm like, 
I'm not going to do that because this speaker told me this. Or um, It's a much more powerful moment. And I don't know about you guys, but sometimes if I'm watching, you know, too many videos online, I just get exhausted. And I, I do find, um, and I think, you know, we've, we've all kind of been there if we're sitting down and just doing maybe one Zoom call after another or one meeting or whatever it might be. Um, but there's something really powerful and energizing about actually being face-to-face with people for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that as somebody who's attended for years and people will say to me like, oh, it's the same every year. Why do you go back? And I'm like, it's never the same. Like, it's all completely different. There's different people there, but there's an energy in that space of, you know, I have made connections with people that I'm now working on new projects with and I met them at Wedding MBA. And, you know, but you're right. It takes the being open and starting conversations when you sit down in the lobby and somebody sits down next to you and say, hi, what do you do? Like, who can I connect you to? What's your biggest struggle? Like what I have learned some of the coolest things from the people sit one sitting next to me. Once there was this girl and she like did something in Gmail and I like caught it out of the corner of my eye because I was scoping out like who was she and what was she doing? And right, she did something right. on Gmail and I was like, can you show me what you just did? And she was like, what? Right. And I'm like, I don't know what that was that got you to that. And I'm like, can you teach me what you just did? And so I think that that is the biggest piece and part about in-person besides the immersion. I know you talked about this last year, Vanessa, like being in it. Yeah. So my biggest thing was it puts you in a different mindset when you get there of just immersing yourself in all the education and just putting yourself in the mindset of, like you said, Shannon, going into it with an open mindset of I'm here to learn. I don't know everything. Checking your ego at the door when you're there and you're just surrounded by other people that are like minded and you're surrounded by the exhibit and you see all the things like it just puts you in a completely different space, headspace. And I I like that. But going back to the connection with people, it's really nice to have people that are in your niche, like the tracks and being able to talk to them about issues that you have in your part of the country. And they're from a different part and realizing it's not just us. But also if you become friends with that person, when you start to struggle, you're not calling a competitor to ask their opinion. You're calling someone who's not a competitor, but in the same side of the industry as you. So like that conversation is a lot different than someone that I could be competing against in my local market for the same client. So it's totally different. I, I, hey, I hold wholeheartedly agree on that. I mean, I had a speaker that um, at the end of his presentation, he's like, I'm going to show you, okay, write your name, your company name, and your email address, like, on a sheet of paper. And I don't know if he gave out the sheet. And then he showed everyone how to make a paper airplane if they didn't remember. And then he said, okay, take your airplane and throw it. And whichever one you catch, that is basically your connection for the year. You need to check in with them once a month and just see like how things are going. And that was several years ago. And first of all, it made for great video footage, by the way. <laughs> for any speakers listening, I'm like, that was kind of a cool photo, you know, moment. But it created new opportunities for attendees too. And so just being able to do that kind of fun exchange of information, absolutely. And I would also, I mean, my advice to someone that's coming to Wedding MBA, even if they've been multiple years in a row, 
figure out what you want to focus on this year. You know, if you feel like, okay, I'm doing the sales side pretty good, um, then maybe your focus is on social media and everything that's online. Or maybe you want to know more about trends, you know, this year. And so you try to hit up those classes. So I think kind of focusing what is your goal, um, even before you get there, I think you'll get more out of being at a conference really funny that you say that because when we went last year, we went as a group and that was literally the very first conversation we had when we sat down with the class schedules is we were in a group of ladies and we said, because they were getting overwhelmed of, I don't know if I need to do this or I need to do that. What class should I take? (laughs) These two are taught at the same time. And so Shannon was the voice of reason. And she said, what is the number one thing that you need to work on for your business? Like stop getting overwhelmed because you see this list of things and you're thinking, I need to work on all of these. Focus on the number one thing, find the course that speaks to that and then move from there. Because one of our good friends, she was like, well, I struggle with emails and I struggle with social media and I struggle with this and I struggle with that. And so Shannon said, find the number one thing that you struggle with that you really want to focus on and just stick to that. Like don't overwhelm yourself with all the possibilities. One thing, funnel in it, one thing. So smart. That's great advice, Shannon. I mean, I think that's so smart. And my other secret tip is if you're looking through whatever classes are available in that time slot and nothing speaks to you and the WedCon exhibits are open, you don't have to pick a class. Like you don't have to. Like it is okay for you to skip that time slot rather than just trying to shove in more education on something you're not really focused on just to go to maximize. There is for the cost of the tickets to Wedding MBA between the relationships, the opportunities, available at the exhibit floor and the education alone, you know, you could go to like three classes a day and still maximize what you oh, yeah. spent to go. Oh, yeah. Like you like don't have class, to go really, yeah, right? literally <laughs> one strong mm-hmm. one. You don't have one to go class to class to class to class. Yeah. You could take the rest yeah. of the day and do your homework on that class. I mean, yeah. really. Fair. Be, be, yeah, no, you could. Yes. <laughs> You could, you could, you could just start working on it right away instead of waiting till you get back. The other thing that we did was we arrive a day early and we all meet at someone's hotel room. It's usually ours because we have a suite and all of the ladies meet up with us and we all go through what classes you're taking at what time. And if there's two or three of us in the same class, we try to disperse and do another class. Yeah. And then that person take the notes and we all just switch the notes around. So we still get the advantage smart. of learning from that class, but not all attending the same exact one. And it's helpful. And a lot, you know, a lot of the speakers now also will allow you to sign up, get notes on their class or yeah. have like a screenshot that you can take, right? So it's easier yeah. to even share the notes without, you know, making your hand fall asleep. And to me, I... I, I feel like coming to Wedding MBA or any big conference is a lot like going to Disneyland. Like if you try to, if you try to do everything and of course, you know, you, you should still do a lot when you're there. Yeah. But I will say if you try to do everything, then you're sort of like the kid in the women's bathroom that's like falling apart on the floor, you know, where the mom's like, honey, why aren't you happy? And you're like, well, it's way past this nap time. And oh, my gosh, they've just been doing ride after ride and not really enjoying <laughs> that moment. So it's like, don't be yeah. that, that overwhelmed kid at Disneyland and really take it one hour at a time, one class at a time. And we actually have a lot of education on the exhibit floor, too. 
So if you're looking for some really kind of niche topics that are specific, like linen trends or um, how to use, you know, this particular software and you've always wanted to learn how to use that software, then you can go to these 10-minute classes, which are really great, especially yeah. when you're, you might be getting tired, you know, and, and you're looking for something a little bit different. Um, those show floor talks, people have loved them. So those, those are back this year and they're really strong. That's awesome. I think that it is just, Vanessa, I think we should do our October sound off episode. We should do all the tips of what we know about prepping for wedding MBA. Well, then I'm taking notes. On okay. That. Is it good? Is it good? Yay! I was like, because I feel like, <laughs> I love it. you know, for if you've been a few times, I do it for our local market. Like I'll be like, who's going? Sure. And we kind of do that. Like bring a water bottle so you can fill it up at the water. St- like yeah. just things like that, that bring snacks, stuff. bring lots of bring snacks. snacks. Yeah. Lots and I mean, snacks. there's something about sitting in class that makes you very hungry. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like yeah. we pack so <laughs> many <laughs> snacks and we pack some, but we also like, when we get there, we do like a Walmart delivery. Like we do grocery we do. Delivery. Ooh, groceries. So it's like, you don't have to bring so it all smart. with you. You can just get yeah. it delivered to you. So uh, yeah, that would be good. We'll do, we'll do one more. Something about, Something about learning that makes me so hungry. Yeah. Vanessa's yeah, hungry. I know. Well, I think you're Always. using your brain. It's the biggest yeah. muscle, right? So you're gonna you're bound to get hungry. And I think I think that's a great idea. Because <laughs> I use my brain so much. Yeah, Shannon. that's it. Vanessa, Shannon, Vanessa <laughs> snacks more than this woman eats every hour of the Good hour, snacker. and she she is the I, best snacker I have ever seen. I probably oh, eat more than anybody I know outside yeah. of the man. I was like, you better yeah. be prepared and you better pack <laughs> snacks because I don't want to hear you're hungry all day at the convention oh center. Yeah, you don't want to uh, get hangry either. Well, no, I, no. I think that's yeah. I think that's really smart. And I think if someone's kind of trying to decide on classes too, I think what can be really helpful is to do a little bit of research that if you're not familiar with that particular speaker at that hour, listening to and following that speaker and seeing, you know, seeing if they're for you, whether you're listening to your podcast here, whether you're listening yeah. to the Wedding MBA podcast, um, but just kind of seeing that personality type and seeing who you get, um, it can mm-hmm. be super helpful too. Yeah, yes. I actually think everybody, um, he does such, Clint does such a good job in the Wedding MBA podcast, like almost pulling a third of the presentation out of yeah. us before we yeah. even get. So if Bravo. you're even like, thinking about a specific topic, that is what the Wedding MBA podcast is. They pre-interview the speakers about the topics they're going to cover. And so you can almost kind of get a like, oh, is this what, you know, because Shannon does such a good job with the topics and the takeaways and the descriptions and stuff. But then as a speaker, sometimes you start developing it and you you hit the points, but then you go even deeper than maybe what's there. And so you might be able to figure that out by listening to that Wedding MBA podcast episode um that and it, Clint gets so excited when it's a topic he wants to hear like he gets oh, so yeah. <laughs> like a little kid. Yeah. he's literally like this is so good like I can't <laughs> wait for this I'm like oh, Clint you can't go to all of them either like he's a cheerleader only- <laughs> he's a cheerleader he, he, he leaves him alone he's awesome he is, but it's the perfect <laughs> amount. It's the perfect amount of mix of education, networking with really the focus of this conference. And I think that is also for me, one of the differentiators versus a lot of the things in the event industry. Sometimes they get so focused on the fluff and I know we're in weddings and we're in events, but they're so focused on the gala and the party and the this and yeah. the what outfits are we wearing and what's the theme <laughs> and whatever that 
it makes like attending the conference like a whole nother level of stressed out. Whereas wedding yeah, MBA is like, you. you come, it's business casual. Nobody's judging you. Like you come, you learn, like you immerse yourself in it. And it's such an easy way for the invest. I mean, guys, right now, I mean, these, th- this episode is coming out very soon compared to when we're recording, but like the tickets are not even $250. Like all yeah, of this we're that we're under, talking about, it yeah. is still under 250 So like, don't tell me Vegas is not super expensive to fly to. You can definitely stay pretty affordable if you do a little digging. Like this mm-hmm. is not, it is still one of the most affordable conferences, including travel, food, and hotel and conference rate. Mm-hmm. Especially if you bring friends with you, split the costs. Yeah. We just oh, shove yeah. as many Roommate. people as we can. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what we do. Yep. Oh, I love it. And check out the room blocks. They, um, they will fill out early this year because Formula One comes the week after. So there's going to be some setup going on for some of their exhibitors like a full week in advance. Um, It has not impacted us yet, but I imagine as we go into the, you know, 30 days before, um, it's going to be harder to find a room. So I would say, you know, go on to the Wedding MBA site, click on hotels if you want to stay anywhere on the room block. Um, Definitely get your rooms now. All of our room blocks are still open, but they do tend to fill out as we get closer. And sometimes when they run out of rooms, you can still stay there, but you're not going to be able to do it at the discounted rate. So I do recommend, um, you know, booking that hotel room earlier this year and then maybe even normal. Yeah, just the get longer you wait to get your ticket, the higher the price goes up. Yes. So grab your tickets now. That too. It is time. It is time. So um, it would be a good time to register to come Wedding MBA. We'd love to have you guys there. So we'd like to see you there too. I know, I know. (laughs) Come find us. We'll be there. Well, we always end every episode we do with something we call swag, where we give people three action items. But Shannon, where's the best place that people can learn more about the conference and all the information? Absolutely. So our best resource is just going to be weddingmba.com. A best idea of classes are we actually do have a downloadable schedule. So if you click on schedule, you'll see this big black bar that says download. So that's what you want to do. Um, that's going to be your best bet in terms of taking a look there. So that's where I would look first. Get your ticket after you look at those seminars and then do your hotel room after that. Perfect. Well, we're going to take one minute and we're going to wrap up with three action items that people can do from this list. Vanessa, you start. What do you got? Sometimes we do you more than I three. Because you know I have a page I, full of I know. I, it's what she does every time. <laughs> but what's on your list? Number one, check your ego at the door. You don't know everything. Come with an open mind. Come ready to learn. And come with plenty of notepads, notebooks, your laptop, and conversations to have with other people. And snacks, okay. right? Snacks. And snacks. And snacks. <laughs> and snacks. No, that was my third one. Oh, yes. oh cute. I'm no, so you're good. good. Just kidding. Right. We always go have on. Like give it. That's a um, given. You'll learn that about me, Miss Shannon. I always have food. You just keep her happy with snacks. It's like it's like hanging out with a toddler. I just bring snacks everywhere I, I go. It. She's I love it. I'll have some snacks for you up at registration. Just ask. <laughs> I ask literally, oh, they're even in my purse at all I know, times. Like, always. It's all <laughs> the time. All right. Number two, my favorite question that I like to ask people when I'm networking and sit down next to them and whatever, once we get through like the first few um, sessions or at least the first session is what's the best thing you've learned so far? Because I feel like 
like Shannon had mentioned, everybody gets that one, at least one thing that sticks in your head that you're like, oh, damn, I'm going to go implement this. And so when you're looking for conversation starters and rather than just saying, what do you do and what area of the country are you in? We can all kind of learn from each other and crowdsource the info. So my favorite question is, what's the best thing you've learned so far to, you know, at Wedding MBA? Mm hmm. And one of my my third oh. one snacks. Just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> she already got that. Time. My third one is to make time to go through the exhibit floor. Um, it might be your lunch break. It might be a because there's not a class during the daytime that you have an hour for, and you just didn't see one that spoke to you for that hour. But there's a there's a lot of variety of the physical products, wholesalers, resources, tools to make you more efficient in your business. Um, and of course, those professional services that I usually go for, because you have to remember, as other conferences go put on or other educational seminars, they don't have those resources and those professional services out there. And these people that are at Wedding MBA are specific to the wedding industry. So I would highly suggest making time to hit the exhibit floor. Oh, good tips today. Love well, it. Shannon, thank you so much for sharing all about Wedding yeah. MBA. I think sometimes people see it and they like hear about it, but they don't really know like what it is, what to expect and what makes it yeah. different. So um, I'm really excited we were able to kind of dive in a little bit further and hopefully keep bringing people from all over the country to come out to the conference. I love it. Yes, we have about 170 classes, including our our WedCon classes and a little bit over 200 exhibits this year. So we'll be ready for you. There will be a lot to see and hear and do when you get there. So, Rumor has it that we might have a table. So you guys can come say hi to yeah. us. Yeah, rumor has rumor has it that uh, Shannon's working on some cool stuff with the booth, and we're going to drag Vanessa to come hang out with us. So, <laughs> I get to be uh, voluntold. You can, you know, oh, she she definitely it. got voluntold to come on out. <laughs> definitely did. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> If you feel this podcast helped your business, got you thinking, or we made you laugh, follow, subscribe, share it with a friend who you're going to bring to M Wedding MBA with you. Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. Next month starts a new topic. We are diving into wedding biz social media. Next week, we are going to be talking about if you should DIY, hire in, or contract out your social media. Now go make epic shit happen. Bye.